have an amazing time this morning. Our focus today is going to be what we sometimes call the gospel. The gospel. Or another phrase is good news. And we're going to also be thinking a little bit about some of our church family who are our family but don't live here. They live in Nepal. And they're working for uh, an organization called Mountain Child. And Mountain Child is all about taking the gospel, taking the good news to people in Nepal who haven't heard it yet. And so what we're going to do before we start to look at God's word and, and, and learn from the Bible, I want to just remind you, or maybe if you haven't been at the nations for very long, this could be the first time you hear some of this information about Mountain Child. So we've got a few uh, slides that we're going to show. Carry hope is the, is the motto, it's the saying of Mountain Child because the people who are working within Mountain Child are literally needing to walk and carry, take physically themselves the hope of Jesus Christ as our Savior to people who haven't heard about it. Let me show you a bit of a map here. Okay, this is your geography lesson for today. So you thought you'd escape school today. Sorry. This is your geography lesson. Just to give you a little bit of idea where Nepal is. You know, Pastor Jack, who, who lives in Nepal with his family and serves God there, he came back from the U.S. Uh, two or three years ago, and he was in absolute shock because many people that he spoke to in the U.S. had no idea where Nepal was. Some, some people were asking him, what are the beaches like there? And it's landlocked. And so it's good for us to know where Nepal is. It's at the end of that long arrow. Let's home in a little bit closer. And so here we can see India. We can see China. Can you see where Nepal is? It's just above that big triangular shape, India. And Nepal is the home of the highest mountains in the entire world. Mount Everest is there. And I think eight out of the, out of the ten most high mountains can be found in the Himalayan range. And the amazing thing is that even though they're so high and they're so remote and it's really difficult living conditions there, so there's no TV, there's no electricity, there's very little running water, and yet there are thousands and in fact hundreds of thousands of people that live there. And the next slide will show us, now, this is not so clear, but that is, that is Nepal. That's the nation of Nepal. Okay, so next time you're playing a quiz and you see the shape of that nation and, and the question is, what is that nation? You'll be able to answer and, and you'll be able to thank the nations for giving you the answer. So this is Nepal. Now, the, the dark gray at the top is part of where the Himalayas stretch. They, they run for uh, 1,500 miles, like 2,500 kilometers. 
and they're really, really difficult to, to pass over. Now, the colors on that map are really interesting. The colors represent some, some of the different ethnic people's groups, different tribes, or not so much different nationalities, but within Nepal, I think our statement there says, the fourth line up, there are 341 different people's groups. Many of them speak a different language. And of those 341 people's groups, look, can you read that on the screen? 332 of them, that's all except how many? Nine, thank you math teachers, out of 341 groups of people, ethnic groups of people, only nine of those 341 have been reached with the good news of Jesus. 332 ethnic people's groups. People who live in remote villages. Now, remote means remote. You you take a bus and then you get on a four-wheel drive vehicle. You go as far as that will take you. And then sometimes you have to walk for seven or ten days, hike for seven to ten days to reach some of these places. And that, that is partly why Many of them have never heard about Jesus because it's just literally so difficult to get there. How many of you heard what happened in Nepal on April 25th? What happened? Shout it out. There was an earthquake. And that earthquake destroyed most of the pathways that people used to get across the mountains through the valleys, over the mountains. It destroyed many, many of those in certain areas. And those places, that they don't have roads, so if one gets blocked, they can't find another route because there are no roads. And so there are still places, many places, that are completely cut off from the rest of Nepal because the roads have gone, the, pa- the paths have gone. The only way to get to them is by helicopter. Now, you've got to get your brain around that. That is how remote some of these places are. Let me read this to you. In an age of smartphones and Wi-Fi, where information is so abundant, it is difficult to believe that there are still people on the earth who have never heard the soul-saving message of the gospel of Jesus But there are people unreached, listen, nearly three billion. Let that sink in. That's more than your dad earns in a year, dollars. (laughs) Nearly three billion people in our earth, in our world today, still have not heard about Jesus. They have no idea that he exists. 
That's really hard to to fathom, isn't it? Today, 40% of of ethnicities have never heard the name of Jesus. That's nine times the population of the United States. Never. Never heard of Jesus. That is one-third of the earth's population. They have no Bible in their mother language. They have no Christian literature, no radio programs. They don't even know what the word church means. They've never heard of a Christian. And the reason is because nobody has gone to tell them. It's as simple as that. And one of the reasons why nobody has gone to tell them yet is because it is very, very difficult to get there. But this is what the ministry, the work of Mountain Child, is all about making a difference. Going to those places where nobody has been and telling people about Jesus. Telling them who he is. Telling them about God so that they can have a chance, an opportunity to know God themselves. So let's go on to our next slide. So I, I don't know if you, if you realize just how much the work in Nepal is growing. I was recently visiting there just two weeks ago, as a matter of fact, and I, I didn't realize just how many people were involved full-time in the work that Mountain Child was doing. Here is a, a, a recent photograph, um, and all of those, except for the handsome man on the far right. Just, can you see the likeness? Yeah? I thought my wife would have shouted out then. Everyone else on that photograph, plus about 20 other people, are full-time involved in the work that Mountain Child is doing. That's how much God has been at work growing this team. So there's a mixture of foreigners who have moved and now live in in Kathmandu, and some are beginning to live out in the remote areas, and they're mixed together with a lot of Nepali people who also are working for the purposes of God. So I was there just two weeks ago. I met just about every single one of those beautiful people. There were some that I met for the first time, those that had just moved to Nepal, long-term, some of them permanent um, people who have moved there permanently. And, uh, of course, I met with people who are part of our church family. And so I had a chance just to take a couple of little short videos. So I have some greetings that I want to play to you. There's a very, very special one which you've got to watch out for because it's very short. It's a special greeting from Kaya. Okay? You have to watch out for that. It goes by very quickly. But, but enjoy it. So can we... Can we play this little video?
was the quick reverse version. Here we go. Hello, friends of the nations. How's everybody doing? We're just um, having lunch here with Pastor John, and we wanted to take the opportunity to send everybody our greeting. And uh, we got back about a month ago after our time traveling around in the States and Korea. Um, and we've you know, settled back in really well. We're just enjoying the ministry. And as things are growing here, we're getting more involved and we're just more excited about what God is doing here. And we just always want to remind you all that through your prayers, you are very much a part of every, every aspect of the ministry that's happening here. And we just want to uh, say thank you for that. Please continue to remember us and pray for us. Um, you guys are our family. You're our extension over there in Korea, an extension of the ministry that's going on here. Uh, and we, we miss you guys. We love you so much. And uh, we can't wait till next time that we come through and we can uh, see everybody and, and do some catching up at that time. So. All right. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Lamjid. How are you guys doing? I'm here in Nepal. Um, school's great for me. I'm, me and Hudson are practicing a stuff for a drama call that we're doing, and I've got a busy few weeks ahead of me. I've got three trips planned, one mission trip to Tanzan, um, and two trekking trips, and I'm leading one of them. So that's going to be really exciting and something that you guys could pray for, that just the people there that I outreach to on, I think, two, if not all three of the trips, that there would be people that would have this, have opportunities, that would have opportunities to share with them. Um, this is Coco. One of my dogs. So yeah, besides that, there's not a whole lot going on. School is busy for me, but it's always nice to be back with friends after a long summer break. But I really miss you guys, and hopefully we can come visit you guys soon again. So, bye. Thanks for your prayers. Hi, Unlimited. It's Hudson here in Nepal. Um, I hope you're having fun there and learning a lot about God. I'm having a great time here. I'm playing a lot of soccer, a little bit of basketball, and yeah, practicing for school and for play. Yep. Bye. So yeah, thanks guys for all your prayers, and yep. hopefully we can see you sometime soon. It's Pastors Jack and Jenny here in Kathmandu, and we're excited to come to you today and just provide you a little bit of an update as to what we've been busy with over the last several months. As many of you know, and I realize have been praying for us, uh, we are now 100 and maybe 20 days post-earthquake, um, a massive 7.8 or 9 
earthquake that hit Nepal on April 25th, and um, uh, that certainly took over a little bit of our lives and that of our staff here in Nepal, and we um, rolled up our sleeves and began to busy ourselves with getting much-needed relief and supplies to very difficult and remote areas. And uh, I think to date we've taken over 180,000 pounds worth of food and shelter and clothing to affected areas that are still, even today, inaccessible by foot or by land. And so we want to st say thank you for standing with us in prayer for our own personal time with our family going through that and then uh, enabling us through your support and love to reach out to hurting communities across Nepal and uh, bring a lot of needed relief to people. That work is still ongoing. So matter of fact, today um, there are helicopters that are bringing back teams and there are teams that are going out today um, to continue those efforts, moving out of the relief phase into more of the recovery and rebuilding phase, and that will actually continue, I think, for the next couple of years. That's how big and widespread the damage was and how deep it went, and so we need your continued prayers, your love to stand with us as we continue to really use this opportunity as a platform to share God's love with communities who maybe even never heard the name of Jesus Christ before, and so we just see it as new open doors for us. Um, groups, people groups that have previously uh, not allowed access into groups like us are now asking us to come and help them. And with those open doors also comes open hearts and new opportunities. So pray with us, stand with us in this uh, exciting new season post-earthquake. Yeah. As uh, Jack said, it is an exciting new season, but it continues to be a very busy one for us, for the family, for the staff here. Um, we spent a lot of the summer, the monsoon rain season, taking whatever assessment trips we could to really gather information on what the desperate needs of the people are. Of course, we know their eternal need and their need for salvation and the love of God, but how we can meet that through practical aid and, just as Jack said, open hearts right now to be able to go into communities. It's just something that God has seemed to almost fast forward uh, the agenda um, and put some things on track that we had perhaps not seen happening for in our future for maybe five or ten years ahead. So we're really excited about that. Um, as he says, we value and covet those prayers. We need them desperately. The staff need them. The people need them. Uh, the country needs them. Um, you may have heard some rumors recently about the Constitution of Nepal. There's a lot of decisions being made right now, even as we speak, in the days that we speak, of the Constitution being signed. Um, there are a lot of religious acts within that Constitution that um, we're very much in prayer about how that affects what we're doing here. But we know we have a purpose. We know we have a plan. We know we have a calling of God. So that doesn't change. Um, but we love you guys. We thank you for your support. We thank you for your prayers. We thank you for your encouragement. Please, please keep that coming. And uh, thanks so much. Love you. Thank you. Okay. Praise God. It's good to just have that media that we can connect with our church family in that way and, and uh, hear from them, hear what God is doing, and of course be encouraged to continue to pray for all that God is looking to accomplish at this time. Much of what 
mountain child does and, and much of what it uses as a means to connect with those people who live in those remote areas is on a very, very practical basis, especially now, post-earthquake. I guess, like me, you can only begin to imagine, just begin to imagine, something of the difficulties that those people are experiencing as they try to rebuild their lives. And so this, as Jack and Jenny told us, is a wonderful opportunity to be able to connect with them on a very practical basis so that their hearts can open and that they can receive not just the practical help, but their hearts will be open to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And so as a church, as church family, young ones and older ones too, let us be committed to prayer for what God is doing through Mountain Child. We want to keep you updated. You can go on to the Mountain Child Facebook page. You can go on to our, the nation's webpage, and you'll find that there are links there. There are updates all the time. Please do that. Please carry this in your hearts. What we want to do is, as we just take this next section of our Integrate service is to talk about that good news. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, it quotes Jesus just before he goes back to heaven to be with his Father. It's a quote from Jesus. He told his disciples, the disciples of Jesus were simply those like you and I, If we believe in Jesus and we seek to live for him, then we are his disciples. We are following him. We are allowing him to live his life in us, but also through us as well. You remember that Jesus died, but you also need to remember that God raised him from the dead. And his spirit The Spirit of Christ lives in every single one of us who loves him. And we are his disciples. So these are words which Jesus would speak to us also. He said to his disciples, go. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Everyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Jesus has given us a purpose in our life. Now, we sometimes refer to people like Jack and Jenny and their children, like Mark and Sonno, like Scott and Sarah, who some of us all remember, we sometimes refer to them as missionaries. And we understand by that name, title, missionary, that that describes in our modern language somebody who moves from where they have lived and they 
particularly and specifically on purpose, go to live somewhere else. Not because of their job and not because they like living by the beach. Not because it's warmer. My wife likes the warm weather. Yeah. (laughs) She likes it when it's hot. Doesn't like it so much when it's cold. But these people who we call missionaries have not moved to these places for those reasons. They've moved there because they believe that's where God wants them to be so that they, they can then connect with the people who live there and talk to them about God. And many times, people that we call missionaries go to places like Nepal, like the Himalayas, because the people living there have not heard about Jesus yet. But do you know what? The, the Bible... The Bible doesn't use the word missionaries. And there's a reason for that, because God intends for every single one of us to be involved and busy with telling people around us about himself. Every single one of us. So if you'd like to to use this term, you can call yourself a missionary. The problem with the word missionary, though, is this. It's the beginning of that word is mission. Mission. Like a a project to do. Now, what God has given us to do is not a project. And we are not on a mission. Actually, what God has told us to do, what Jesus told his disciples to do, is to use their whole life for the purpose of spreading, talking about the good news. And that wasn't just those 11 disciples or 12 disciples. That's everyone right now, today, who follows Jesus. That's what our life is about, telling others the good news. So what is the good news? Sometimes we use the word gospel. Same word, good news. What is it? It is the same good news that the angel gave to the shepherds when Jesus was born. So here we go. We're going to enter into Christmas at the beginning of October. Is that okay? This is a preview to our, our Christmas service. And this is what the Bible tells us happened in Luke chapter 2. It says that the shepherds, these shepherds were like shepherds do, looking after their sheep. It was night time. And suddenly (laughs) appeared angels. And guess what? These shepherds were a little bit afraid. Now don't sit there thinking, I wouldn't be afraid. You wait till you see one. (laughs) And the angel reassured them and said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. It actually can be read accurately. I'm bringing you the gospel. That's what that word means. I'm bringing you good news, the gospel. Remember, Jesus said, go into all the world, everywhere, including Suwon. Yeah, including Seoul, 
including Gunpo, including Incheon, including Suji, wherever you live, Chonon, Dongtan. I'm learning a little bit of Korean geography, see? Couldn't tell you how to get to those places, but... The whole world, not just Nepal, not just China, the whole world. Go into all the, the whole world and, and speak the good news. The, the angel said to the shepherds who were shaking, don't be afraid because I've got good news for you. What is that good news? It's the same good news that we can tell others about today. He said, this good news will bring joy to the whole earth. It's got the potential to transform every single life and bring joy. Not just happiness, but joy. Here's the good news. The Savior. This is what the angel is announcing. The Savior. The good news wasn't, hey, shepherds, get down to your local home plus. They're closing down. They've got some great bargains. We might think that's good news. No, the angel said, listen, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the one whom God had promised for hundreds and hundreds of years, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem the city of David. My friends, when Jesus told us to go into all the world and speak and tell the people the good news, this is what he's given us to tell. To tell people that the Savior, the Christ, the Messiah has been born, has come to this earth to save people from their sin. Who is the Messiah? And what is his purpose? This is what the Old Testament prophet Isaiah said about the Messiah. He says, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. Speaking of the Messiah, I will make you a light to the Gentiles, to those who are not Jews. In other words, the rest of the world. And you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. This is what Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, came to this earth to do. Not just to bring the people of Israel close to God, but all the rest of us as well. He came not only as the Savior, but He is our salvation. When we believe in Him, His Spirit lives within us and we are saved from the power of sin. Sin, which is the nature that we're born with, every single person, that sinful nature, that is what separates us from God. That's what keeps us away from God. Jesus came to remove that sin. To take it away. To be punished in our place. And that is how he became 
the Savior. When, when an angel, another angel appeared to Mary, who was the earth mother of Jesus, this is what uh, the angel of God said to Joseph, sorry, about Mary. She will have a son, and you will call his name Jesus, which means the Lord saves. That would be a good name to call your child, wouldn't that? Jesus. That might shake a few people's uh, religious theologies there. But the name Jesus means the Lord saves. Because, <coughs> because this Jesus is the person who will save all of his people from their sin. This is why Jesus came. Listen, this is why it is such great news. It is such good news that Jesus came to save us from our sin and make us one with God. That is the good news that we have to share with every single person. Why do we need to preach this good news to everyone? Four reasons. Really simple, really clear Reasons that none of us could misunderstand. Number one, because it is the only way for everyone to be saved. Look what the Bible says. For there is one God, there is one who brings God and human beings together, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself to redeem the whole human race. That was the proof at the right time that God wants everyone to be saved. Why do we need to preach the good news to everyone? Because there isn't another way. The devil would like to think and, and to deceive people that there are other ways. But the Bible says there is just one way. The Bible quotes Jesus, John chapter 14, verse 6. You have these in your this verse in your um, integrate notes, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus did not say, I am one of the ways. He said, I am the way. The reason, one of the reasons we must tell everyone this good news is because there is no other way back to God. Jesus is the only way. The second reason that we must tell everybody is, is simple, because there are still millions of people who have never heard about Jesus. Until everybody has heard and had the opportunity to believe in Jesus... We must tell this good news. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 14, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone, you and I, tells them. Second reason we must tell everyone everywhere is because there are still so 
many millions of people who have never heard about Jesus. Third reason why we must tell everyone is because there are billions of people who do not know the truth about Jesus. I'm not talking now about people who have never heard of Jesus. I'm talking about the billions of people on our planet Earth who have heard the name of Jesus, but they have not been told the truth about him. They have been told lies about him. They have been misled. They have been deceived. When Jesus, on one occasion, sent out his disciples, he said, on this occasion, don't just go anywhere. He gave them specific instructions. He said, go to those Jews who are lost. My friends, there are billions of people in our earth who know the name Jesus, but they don't know the truth about him. They think he was a good person, perhaps a prophet, but there are many people who do not love and serve and follow Jesus with all of their heart and with all of their life. And that is one of the reasons why we must keep going and telling this good news. The fourth and final reason And I think this is the greatest because God wants everyone everywhere to be saved. Listen, young young people, when God says, I want everyone to be saved, he means that bully at school. He means that not nice teacher. Do they still exist? Is there such a thing as a not nice teacher? Or, Or did that phase out when I left school? He means those people that you don't get on with. Adults, think about some of the awful crimes that people commit just this week. Just this week again in the U.S. Nine people in a moment of time shot to death. If that that young man who shot them was still alive, here is the truth. God loves that young man and God would want him to hear the truth about Jesus. This is what the Bible says. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promises. Some of us think, come on God, quickly, hurry up. And the Bible says, God is never slow. He's never late. Did you realize that? No, he's patient for your sake. Listen to this. He does not want anyone to be destroyed but he wants everyone to repent this is why Jesus has said to you and to me however young we are and however old we are this is not a mission that we have we're not on a mission this is not a project that God has given to us Because we're talking about precious lives who, unless they hear about Jesus, they will have 
no opportunity to be saved from hell. That is why Jesus has said to us, young and old and everybody in between, you love me, you serve me, you follow me. Let me tell you what that means. It means that everywhere you go, every person you meet, you take every opportunity to tell them the good news. There's only one good news. There's only one way, there's only one means by, by which we can come right and be right with God. And we have that. We know what that is. And God says, don't keep it to yourself. Don't keep it a secret. Go tell everyone this good news. My friends, this is our life. It's not a mission. It's not a project. It's not something we do when we're part of an outreach class or an outreach group. It's not just something we do if we go live in Nepal or China or Argentina or wherever. Wherever we are, whoever we meet, Jesus has said, make sure they know the good news. Make sure they've heard. Let's pray.